It is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Is so proud to be joined by uh, Kevin Longquist right now. Kevin was, uh, he's making his way out. He's got to do some interviews this evening out there in the greater Alito area. Uh, one, of the, one of the great state powers of our time. Uh, winner of like 15 state titles or something crazy over the past 25 years. Um, how many, 10? It's 10. Nine out of right. the last 13. Nine out of the last 13, and they haven't lost a district game in many, many years. That's kind of, that's a, that's a crazy. How long? 2007, 2007, and the streak is 111 games. All right, all right. As you can tell, he's making his way out there. Uh, Kevin, if you get out there near Venus, Texas, that's in North Texas. That's out not too far away from where you're going to be. Kevin Costner spotted today filming some scenes for the uh, for Yellowstone. And, uh, and and so the footage of him throwing passes out there during a break. Uh, and um guy's got a good arm. You know, obviously, we've seen him in Tin Cup. Uh, we saw him in uh, the, uh, oh, what was the one with Susan Sarandon? I mean, he's he's been in uh, For the Love of the Game. Bull Durham. We've seen For the Love of the Game. I would say of all the non-former athletes, you know, he's done a decent job over the years at playing an athlete. Now, of course, Jim yeah. Brown... And Fred Dreyer, and there's some people that are, you know, we're, we're abs- actually athletes. We can't really count those people. Of all the, the non-athletes that tried to play athletes, who do you think? We, we can't, like, count Ray Allen from He Got Game. Um, who would you say is the uh, pulled it off the best if you had to, if you had Dennis, to make a call there? I think Dennis Quay did a pretty good job. I think Dennis actually played at, was in athletics in his younger days, but you know he was in that uh, that movie as the pitcher, the kid, the uh, pitcher out in West Texas, the high school coach who got that gig with the, the rookie Rays. Yeah. yeah, the rookie, right? And then uh, he was also in that movie from way back, a really bad movie though, uh, called Everyone's All American, when he was the running back down at LSU, that sort of thing. And so uh, I think uh, Dennis Quaid would be right up there for me. Also pretty good in Jaws 4, and uh, and then had a long-time relationship with Meg Ryan. And, and I don't believe they're together anymore, but uh, had a good had a good long run with that relationship. Talking to Kevin Longquist, he and I have had a long run ourselves, dating back to our days together at the Arlington Morning News. And uh, Kevin, um, before we... Uh, get into some of the Baylor stuff what a, oh, I saw you the other night I couldn't even I, I just I, I was uh, that was sickening to watch the Bears just go out there yeah. and have nothing go right 31-3 let me ask you this though uh, as you look around at this upcoming Baylor uh, class the, I mean Baylor had some great recruits at that game the other night you know that's good and bad news you hate to have recruits in and have the team go out and have one of their biggest clunkers in the last two or three seasons, uh, but it happens, okay? And, and most times, kids aren't going to not come to your place because of one poor performance. Um, the Lagway kid, who I think you and I have talked offline and online, 
Baylor, it, it, I think you'd probably give it like a 5% chance at best. But his dad yeah. did play running back at Baylor. This kid has offers from everybody, including Alabama. He's a 2024 kid, and he's a monster. I mean, and and so it was. He was in town for this. Um, anybody else, uh, Kevin? And, and did you um, have you talked to the Lagway family in recent months, or do you have any kind of feel for which way that that family seems to be leaning? I don't know. I mean, I've talked to DJ a couple times offline. You know, he's, he has said all the right things. I mean, he's obviously made the circuit throughout the football season where he's going. I know a lot of people feel like Florida's got the lead for him right now just because of the number of times that he's traveled down to Gainesville to watch them play and that sort of thing. And I do think that's probably where he's going to go is somewhere in the SEC, uh, Matt. But, I mean, as far as, like, DJ is concerned, I mean, he's – you know, he, he has a lot of great things to say about Baylor, obviously because with his dad playing there. And you remember Baylor was, I think, his first offer uh, back in 2021 before everything just took off. I think it was in 2020. But anyway, you know, it, he just has that kind of persona, and he's put himself in a position where he is going to command these types of offers, where he's getting them all over the place. And the fact that he has made the effort to go on all of these visits, I know he also went up to Arkansas for – the Arkansas-Alabama game back in October. So, you know, for him to have that flexibility and obviously the resources to do that is a credit to him. I think the thing that Baylor has to do here is if they're going to try and just, if you will, overcome the odds that they are facing here is that they're just going to have to tell them that, like, the offense is yours, this is how it can be built around you, that sort of thing, and you know, and obviously play up the, the the legacy angle. I don't know much more they can do about this, Matt, other than the fact that you can talk to them about the opportunity of NIL. You really can't sell it. You can just say the opportunity of NIL there. But that's about all you can really do. And then it's just going to be a matter of does he want to see in Texas? And by all accounts, everything that I've ever read about him is that he wants to leave the state. And sometimes you just can't fight that. Yeah. Yeah, although man, I tell you, he's grown up in the green and gold, and you're right. The uh, the uh, the dad angle's a good one. Uh, update us. I, I I was hearing some alarming rumors on. Um, I shouldn't even put it, phrase it that way. Did did Novasad take uh, a recent visit, or is that is that uh, anything like that? Is there any reason to be concerned there? Uh, I, I haven't gotten that confirmed. I've seen it, but I, I haven't gotten that confirmed. But I, I will say this. Uh, I, you know, from the standpoint of where Novasad is, I think we knew, Matt, when you and I talked about this on September 1st when he announced that he was sticking with Baylor, and I think I said to you back then, this isn't over until the, the signature comes across the uh, dotted line uh, on the Baylor fax machine in mid-November. It's always going to be sitting out there. And, of course, with Baylor kind of struggling like it is this year, people are going to tug at him. When you have a great recruit like Baylor does, you're always going to have to fight off somebody. And it happened to them when they lost Christian Brathwaite to LSU. So it's a matter of this is the kind of war that you're just going to have to deal with. And whether or not... Yeah, it just they've got about four weeks to get this thing finished, to get him across the finish line. And remember, wherever he goes, he's showing up in January. So, I mean, 
look, if the, if the Kansas State game was going to be one of those things that would say, well, that's going to be a deal breaker for him because of how poorly he could play, how poorly, you know, Baylor played or how poorly Blake Shapin played. You know, if you're him, you probably were watching that game thinking, maybe there's an opportunity for me to come in right away and compete for the starting job if it continues to go like this. So, you know, that, that's where we're at. That's where this always goes, Matt. This time of year with hot with big time big time recruits that are committed to quote unquote not big time programs. Yeah, I hear you. Although I mean the defending Big Twelve champions, and there's a lot of things to suggest. I get it. Yeah, I mean it, no it is a big time that, program. Yeah, but I'm saying that people will view it like it's not a big time program. That they will say, well, that's just a one year wonder of what they did, uh-huh. that sort of thing. And, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's just Baylor's got to have. You know, I'll put it to you this way, Matt. If Baylor had done this, where they were maybe winning a second consecutive Big 12 title this year, or if they were and if they were doing this for a third straight year, you know, where you sustain it over time, that's where you get that reputation where you shed that, well, it's not a big-time program. That's kind of the thing that Baylor has to keep working to get to. It's not there yet, and I think we can be honest in saying that. Yeah, I mean, I two out of the last three seasons – uh, ended in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, they won a lot of games, but uh, I do hear what you're saying. Uh, I, but if if somebody's going to be mamby pamby enough to like be ebbing and flowing with like, oh, they're a little bit more down than I expected them to. But I think you made a good point. If you should be looking at it like, hey, maybe I could play a little sooner than I thought I was going to get to play. If they're struggling yeah. a little bit at that position, let's get in here. You know who else that wasn't didn't shy away from competition? The the Manning kid, Arch Manning said, "I don't care. You think I care that Quinn Ewers is out here? And look at Quinn Ewers right now, spraying around everywhere, not playing well. And and Manning is not going to go in there hat in hand. I'll just wait my turn. No, he's going to go in there and he's going to compete for the job. So if right. Nova side, yeah." You know, here, here's the biggest problem, Matt, though, is that, remember, the quarterback position in college is so fluid. It's probably the most fluid position in the game right now because if you don't, if you go in there and if you don't get the starting job, then the rumors start to float that you're going to leave, you know, that sort of thing. It's because it's almost like I didn't win it, so I'm going to take my toys and go home, you know, that sort of thing, which, which drives me nuts when you hear that. But at the same time, but that's how fluid it is. And that's why, if I'm Novosad, I look at this situation with Baylor by saying, it doesn't matter to me if Blake is the starter and if Kyron Jones is backing him up. I'm going in there in January, and I'm going to put myself in a position where I'm going to think that I can compete for the starting job. And if you don't take that mentality, then you shouldn't be playing the position. Plain yeah. and simple. Yeah, all right. We'll continue to see what uh, how Dripping Springs does as uh, things proceed in the uh, playoffs. Talking to uh, Kevin Longquist. Always good to catch up with Kevin. Uh, Kevin, this uh, Bears have the Horn Frogs coming in. I mean, it's good news, bad news. Uh, it's uh, it's you know obviously the best team they're going to face all season coming off the put you know the worst uh, performance they've had since the pandemic season. And uh, so you do get a, a chance to, to, to bounce back 
Um, after you've had time to think about that effort the other night, Kevin, was that in your mind, was that one of those just everything cratered, everything went the wrong way on him, including uh, Will Howard getting that game and Baylor wasn't prepared for him? How, how did you end up trying to uh, uh, process a 31-3 loss to K-State? I think I was more stunned, Matt, by the way they didn't respond. Um, I, I, what really struck me was, you know, they get the stop on the opening possession of the game. They get the sack from Garmin Randolph and Matt Jones of Adrian Martinez. They immediately take it down. They get it down to what it was about, the 17-yard line or whatever. There's the, t- there's the pass that Chapin throws that goes off the shoulder pads of uh, Josh Cameron, and it gets picked off. at the thir- and, it's, and Kansas State starts at the three. And then... They just And then the Wildcats just go 97 yards and 12 plays over five minutes and strike first, start open the second quarter with, a, with that score from the turnover. And, I, and that's what bothers me the most is the fact that Baylor did not respond to that. And I would, you know, and based on what we saw, not only from last year, but even in the two and 17 last year, and even some parts this year, is that they always had a response. Even in Oklahoma State, when it got away from them, they still – fought all the way back. Remember, you know, even when Oklahoma State returned the second half, second half kickoff back for a touchdown to get it to a two-score game, they got that thing to 23-17. And it just never seemed like in this game that they had a response for this. And that's what struck me so much about this is the fact that it just wasn't there. And I don't understand it. And I don't think, you know, Matt, you and I were there in the presser afterwards is that I don't think – I don't think Dylan Doyle, Squirrel Williams, or even Dave Aranda really knew how to answer any of those questions because I don't think they knew what happened out there. Yeah, I think it was tough. And I think uh, Doyle, you know, tried to he, – he's a really mature guy, you know, trying to yeah. put uh, – the way he tries to put things in perspective, which is uh, pretty amazing. But uh, after a loss like that, you're right. Everybody's kind of at a uh, – you know, just doesn't know what to say. The um, the the yes the um, Vikings and the Cowboys getting ready to get it on, and Vikings have emerged, especially with the Eagles losing, as one of the better teams uh, in the NFC. And that catch uh, that catch the other day, I mean, uh, that, that what he what against the Bills, Justin Jefferson. Uh, that's that's one of the greatest we've ever seen. I was at the game and and had great angles of it. And everything when uh, OBJ Odell Beckham Jr. did to, had to catch when he was with the Giants against the Cowboys. One of the greatest catches in NFL history. But with what was on the line and how he was being covered, this was this was a phenomenal play. All right, uh, uh, Kevin, you are a lifelong Vikings fan. Are you uh, are you starting to believe in this team and that this team may have some incredible opportunities? Well, I think they've got an opportunity, Matt. Of course, uh, you know whether they wanted to admit it or not. You know, the game in Buffalo was going to be more of a telltale sign of what this team was all about. And you know, they've won what is it now an NFL record seven consecutive one score games. And it was one thing to rally and beat Detroit, hold off Chicago, beat Arizona, that sort of thing. You know, win in Washington like they did. And, of course, we're finding out now that the commanders are pretty solid. Um, 
But, you know, the way that they went in Buffalo on uh, Sunday afternoon up there in Orchard Park, I heard a stat, by the way, that Buffalo had not lost a game where it led by two touchdowns at the half since 1968 when it played at Old War Memorial Stadium up there. So you think back, that's 54 years, Matt, with that last time that happened to the Bills. Um, I think the one thing that I'll, that I'll say about the Vikings this year is they're a pretty resilient group. I think from the standpoint of they are, they're healthy for one, that's a big thing that's gone against them. But, uh, and they're finding a way to win. These, these games that they're winning this year, Matt, were the games that they were losing last year. Had a fumble in overtime in Cincinnati that cost them a game. They missed a chip shot field goal at the end up where they lose at Arizona. You know, that sort of thing. And so they, those are the things that were really killing this team. And I also think that part of it is the fact that Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins, who have that history together when they were both in Washington, found that relationship or found that rapport so where they're maybe lockstep with each other. That makes a difference. And I think Kirk's playing a little bit different this year from what I've watched over the last couple of years simply because I think he doesn't, he's not afraid to make the mistake. You know, he threw two picks. In the, uh, against the Bills, and he still fought back from that. And here's the funny thing about this, Matt. Even on that great catch that uh, Jefferson made, they didn't score on that drive. That was the position where Cousins got stopped at the one-inch line, and then, of course, Allen fumbles the snap in the end zone, and Eric Kendrick falls on it. But, you know, 8-1 is great. you got a five-game lead in the division against Green Bay and Detroit, but – you know, they've still got more to prove to themselves because they'll probably look at Dallas as a team that they've struggled with the last couple of years. They've lost to them in Minneapolis the last two times. And so it's an opportunity for them to keep proving to themselves that they are one of the better teams in the league. I, you know, look, I've had to watch some serious heartbreak over the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years of, of overtime games that they've lost in the playoffs. And, I'm not going to say that they're capable of winning the Super Bowl just because I'm too guarded about that, but they've got a chance to do it this year. And yeah. they just got to keep playing. At a, they, you know, and, and Kevin O'Connell has said this, Matt. He's like, play at your best when your best is required. And that's why they've done what they've done in the fourth quarter, is that as goofy as it's been in a lot of these games, they have found, they found a way to make the right play at the right time. And that just wasn't happening under Mike Zimmer in the previous three, four seasons. Boy, I love it. I can almost hear the emotion in your voice as you talk about this Vikings team. And uh, and Justin Jefferson now, uh, he broke a tie with Odell Beckham uh, Jr. and Randy Moss uh, for the uh, uh, 20th career game with 100-plus receiving yards uh, in his first three seasons, uh, breaking a tie with those two. So that's pretty rare, rarefied air, especially given the fact that uh, with Moss's ties to that particular team. All right, uh, Kevin, always great to catch up with you. Safe travels. Have a great evening. And we will see you Saturday morning versus those hated Horn Frogs. That'll work, Matt. Listen, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, my man. You bet. You bet. There he goes. Kevin Longquist, Rivals.com. Always good to catch up with, uh, with Kevin.